On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by cardiologist Dr. Paddy Barrett, chatting all things cardiovascular disease. The way I look at this is that the the two statistics that everyone should really be aware of is cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death globally and in most developed nations, but it's also the most preventable. 90% of it can be prevented at an early stage if you just follow the right steps and formula. So I look at it as a, a scary opportunity. As ever available on all podcast platforms. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Download the top-rated Ball Sports app today for the latest odds on weekend GAA action and great money-back offers on every televised championship game. GAA betting with Ball Sports, bring it on. You're listening to The Throw-In, the GAA championship podcast on independent.ie. Hello, I'm Frank Roach, and on this week's show, it's the final big one of the GAA season, Mayo taking on Dublin for the 2016 All-Ireland football title. Our Dublin really unbeatable as they seek to retain Sam Maguire for the first time since Hefo's Heroes in 1977. Or can Mayo unshackle themselves from a 65-year burden of history, uh, a period that has included seven All-Ireland final defeats? It's a mouthwatering clash, and James Horan, the former Mayo manager, and Alan Brogan, Dublin hero and former footballer of the year, Join Conor McKeown and Donica Boyle as we look ahead to Sunday's game. Alan, uh, the pressure of expectation, it seems, is all on Dublin this weekend. Is that a fair comment? I don't think so, to be honest. Um, like I think there's a certain amount of pressure on Mayo as well. There's a number of guys there that have played in a number of our Ireland finals, Andy Moore and Alan Dillon, these guys. So they're under pressure to deliver as well. And I think, maybe not from the outside, but I think internally they might be feeling a bit of pressure. I think from Dublin's point of view, Dublin have been there, done that. So I think... Like there won't be talk of back to back all Ireland as I've said before in the Dublin dressing room. So so I actually think a lot of the pressure is, 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 is on Mayo coming into Sunday. Like Mayo some of these Mayo players have to win in All Ireland or else their 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 careers won't be fulfilled. So that brings that brings its own weight on the shoulders, similar to what we felt in, in coming into two thousand eleven and, and obviously when that weight is lifted off the shoulders it it, it gets rid of that expectation. James, there seems to be, from what we can gather, a lot less hype in the county of Mayo uh, in the run-up to Sunday's final. But I'm sure there is there is pressure on these players. You know most of them intimately. What, how do you think they'll be feeling this week? Uh, there's, they'll be excited for for a start. You know, playing playing Dublin and all in a final. You know, it's it's you know one of the one of the greatest teams, uh, I suppose, um, as as they're being portrayed. I'm sure the Dublin players won't like to be portrayed that way, but but. It's fact. They're 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 an amazing team. With with you know, and obviously Alan was a huge part of that. With 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 huge success over the last number of years. So, um, you know, Mayo, Mayo have been knocking on the door for a while and, and are going to be up there playing playing this team. So they'll be they'll be excited about that. But of course, there's of course there's pressure. There's you know there's pressure playing for Mayo. There's there's pressure playing for for any of the big teams. But but I I think Mayo are experienced enough to be 
to be able to to embrace that a little bit and, and use it the right way, you know. Um, you know, I know Alan mentioned Alan Dillon and 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 uh, a few guys like that, and you know they've they've experienced you know good days and, and and hard days, but but they'll they'll be able to tweak that I think to to um, get the best prep they possibly can, you know. So so I think that's good, and um, they'll be looking forward to it. The, the hype is is a little bit uh, is a little bit lower, you know. That guy that that uh, painted Ferrari red and green. I still don't know about that one. That that's sort of added a little bit of a spark to it, but but uh, hopefully he's he's in isolation. But it, it's been a bit lower, lower key. I think that myself is is maybe because of May, Mayo's um, patchy. I think is the word. Uh, some of their patchy performances today. I think it's a little bit that. And I think then with how how Dublin, you know, the character that they displayed against Kerry. You know, at the start of the second half for me in particular, how they just coolly said about their business. I think that might have given some of the male public a little bit of a jolt in that how, how composed and strong, no matter what happens to, to that Dublin team, how they reacted, you know. So you put those two things together and, and maybe some of the recent history, so, you know, Dublin will be will be the region of favourites and, and, and that might have watered down a bit of the hype down here in Mayo. And um, when you were manager in the run-up to the 2012 and 13 finals, how how do you deal with this issue of Mayo's history? Um, do you do, do, do you cocoon the entire squad from all that talk? You know of all the finals you've lost since since eighty nine. It's an interesting one. If you cocoon, if you try and lock people away from it too much, you know it, it has the inverse effect of what you're trying to do. You know, if you're, let's not think about the elephant in the room. You're thinking about the elephant in the room. You know, it, it, it sometimes it's that. So you just try and you know the group that you have. And, and the players that you have and, and, you know, the maturity levels are at or whatever it is, you just try and assess what's the best way to do it. Sometimes it's to talk about certain things and, and, and sometimes it's not, you know, depending on, on where they are. So you try and do what's, what, what's, what's best. And, and uh, everyone, everyone knows that, that, you know, the recent, the recent history and, and, and where we are, but I suppose this team is, you know, uh, and, and even this year, it's a slightly different version of, 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 of the team that's there. And, you know, the team that's been over the last four or five years have been a different team to, you know, some of the previous teams. So these guys are trying to write their their, their own history and look at things a different way. And, and I think they've shown that over the last couple of years with, with their consistency and, and you know, even their ruthlessness and, you know, what happened last year. That's a, that's a real, as I said at the time, it was a very courageous move in what they did. And it showed, a, for me, a desire and ambition that and, and a ruthlessness that, that, you know, you mightn't have always been there with, with, with some of the male teams in the past. So, so for me, this team is 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 different. Is is setting standards um, down here and 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 are driving forward. And and uh, you know, of course, they're aware of the past, um, but uh, they're 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 using that or turning that into into fuel for themselves. You know. Okay, uh, Alan James mentioned there uh, Dublin's approach in the second half against Kerry and how they were able to reel them in and the the composure they showed there. But the team had to go to the well in the semi final. Is there any danger that they mightn't be able to kind of hit that peak again in the final. That there could be a little bit of flatness there. I don't think so. Again, like Mayo, they're very experienced, and um, obviously in that second half, without being spectacular, it was a very, very solid, composed performance, and like that's what Dublin are capable of. And I think that kind of flamboyant football that we associated with Dublin in the first few years of Jim Gavin's reign is gone now, and it's very much they've been trained to kind of play against blanket defenses, trained to play against teams that are putting 11-12 men, men behind the ball and I think their play 
looks like that now. Like they're very composed on the ball, very reluctant to 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 give possession away, very reluctant to kick it into a full forward line where there's maybe a sweep or another man in front of the full back line, in front of in front of Bernard and whoever. So, um, they seem to be going through the hands a lot more. Um, so I think it was just a very composed performance against Mayo or um, against Kerry the last day, and I, I think we'll see the same on Sunday from both teams. I don't think that 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 we're going to see these spectacular contests we've seen before with Mayo and Dublin. I think it'll be a it'll be a tough, tough war of attrition. Connor, yeah, it's still interesting though. I thought that like as composed and measured and controlled as Dublin were against Kerry, that Jim still finished with eight forwards on the pitch. You know, I know Dermot Connolly had moved back into midfield and Kieran Kilkenny into wing half back. But uh, like the faith that he obviously put in all those players to be able to hold their shape defensively, like Dublin were going to attack that game and and going to attack that result. And like the last substitution that Kerry made was they brought on Mark O'Shea for Paul Ganey, like the, a, a fella who could sweep because Dublin had pushed up on Aidan O'Mahony for their top scorer. So I mean, you know, the managers talk about trust and everything else, but like that was. You know, while Dublin were composed and controlled and all the rest of it, like, is he, you're putting a huge level of trust in players to finish with that amount of attack-minded players on the pitch. Like I thought it was, it, it, like I, I can't think of the last time when a, a team would have finished with that many players, that many forwards on the pitch and pushed up on the opposition sweeper. Yeah, I think that was the difference between Dublin and Kerry on the day and that those two moves, Jim went after the game, aiming for Morris didn't. He wanted to keep a sweeper back there right, right to the death. And I think... Mayo, in fairness, whilst they will, there's no doubt they'll go to sweeper in the early stages of this game and probably for long periods in the second half. But when the game's there to be won, it's in the melting pot with maybe 15, 20 minutes left. If if if, if Mayo don't go after the game at that stage, I think they'll suffer the same fate as, as, as Kerry did the last day. So it'll be interesting to see what approach Stephen Rochard takes going in. Because the game will be close going into the last 15, 20 minutes, there's no doubt about that. So it'll be interesting to see, is he willing to maybe take a few risks at that stage and really go after the game? I think you can make a, a case for that Dublin performance being the high watermark for that team. Like I think in the circumstances he did it, it was a fully loaded Kerry team who had, as they said themselves before, and had targeted the game since the previous September. Um, it was Dublin without uh, Jack and Rory, which we've talked about all the time, and they were five points down against a properly good team, and they dug Alan. themselves and, and Alan, <laughs> <laughs> but they dug themselves out of that hole. And I think if, if maybe, maybe I don't think so, but you could make a case for them having expended an awful lot of emotional energy in that game. Yeah, uh, James. Um, in the past, Dublin have tended to hurt Mayo with goals. Uh, and even in last year's championship, I think they scored 18 goals in total on their way to the final, and five of those came in the two games against Mayo. But they've only scored five goals so far this season, which which has been a change, obviously. Do you think they still have the potential to hurt Mayo's defence, though? Yeah, and and, and, and Mr. Brogan's brother there has been the source of a lot of those, particularly against Mayo. You know, um, and you know, well, you know, if you look at it, Bernard, Bernard's scoring rate is down. You know, this year I'd say significantly on on last year even. You know, but but is, is Bernard Brogan still a threat? Um, the next day to score goals, of course he is. You know what he needs? What maybe four or five balls, and you know two of those could be goals. You know that's the that thread is still there. So there there is strong stats to say overall that that Dublin scoring rate from play is coming down. Their goal rate is coming down. Their contribution from their subs is coming down. You know, you know. So I think it's. For me, if I was looking at it as a manager, I think it's easier maybe now to hold Dublin to a beatable score than maybe it was in previous years. And that, that's, as, as Alan said, though, that's probably how they, they've changed a little bit based on who they're playing and that kind of stuff. But 
I think it is easier to hold them to a beatable score. And I mean by that they they're not scoring scoring as much from 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 open play. You know their their reliance on on free kicks um, has gone up. You know to 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 win the game. So it's a, it's a change of dynamic, I suppose, in how Dublin. Um, how, how they get their scores? So um, it, it is interesting to know. And I'm sure I'm sure Mayo will be trolling through that, you know. And if you look at that a little bit further, explore it up a little bit more, you know, Paul Flynn, Kieran Kilkenny, and Bernard. You know, th- three guys are their scoring has gone down, but so it's you know the Jeremy Connollys and, and Dean Rock obviously are, are contributing a lot more of that. And so you know that's the thing with with, with Dublin. They've changed where they're getting their scores from, but they're still winning these games and, and managing these games out to the end. So. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one for sure. The other change in the dynamic involves Mayo's defensive structure this year. I mean, Stephen Rochford has played a sweeper uh, in every championship game, even though he changed tack and personnel the last day. Um, clearly, uh, when he set out this year, he was looking at the goal the goal concession column and said that's where Mayo have been hurt badly in Crow Park in August and September in the past. Do you think it's working? Um, we'll find out on, on Sunday. Um, you know, Mayo tried a few different things this year, uh, no question, under, under, under Stephen and the new management team. And, you know, they got to an all-around final. So so that's great. You know, but there's been moments throughout the year that's been very risky. Like, and if you think of the second half against Westmead, I don't even remember, it was out of control there for a while. You know, there was three points in it and Westmead were coming in waves, you know. So... There's been a lot of that kind of, of, of um, I suppose, incidents throughout the year. And if, if you if you bring that through, Mayo have tried different things, and and um, a lot of it's worked. They've been very good in some games, but then they've been very open, very weak in in, in certain aspects of it. Well, so so it'll be interesting to see what they do do on Sunday. I'm not as sure as everyone else that you'll go that Mayo will go directly with the sweeper for the start of the game. Uh, I know that might sound with that, but. If there's one team you don't want to invite, aren't you? Um, it's Dublin. You know, you don't want to give them the initiative. You don't really want to give them the ball that they can come at you. You, you know, so it'd be interesting to see how the game starts. You know, Mayo need to try and get their hands on as much primary possession as they can and keep it, I would say, for as long as they can in certain circumstances to keep Dublin out of the game as much as, much as they can. So I think it'll be interesting to see what, what happens for the, for the first 10 or 15. And just back to Alan's point there, I think Mayo need to be need to be a, a, a few points up coming into the last quarter. Because if you look at the last quarter of Dublin games, they're powering through on teams. You know, they're really, that's where they're, they're pulling away, you know. So, so I think Mayo, you know, need to, need to be, need to be up. Um, going into that last quarter, and you might see them as, as they try in some games to 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 see that out a little bit more, you know. So um, I think it's going to be fascinating to see what what unfolds. Alan, tactically, what do you think Mayo are going to try early on? I think the difference between Dublin sweeper system and other teams sweeper system is Dublin use Keno Sullivan as a sweeper, whereas other teams tend to bring back a forward to fill that role, and I think that invites that can invite teams on because you're playing with one less forward. So I think if, if, if Mayo are to employ a sweeper, and I think they will, I think it'd be foolish of Stephen Rochford to start, despite what James says, it'd be foolish to start this match without having some form of sweeper system there to at least make sure it stays um, it stays close for the first half. But I think if they use, maybe similar to what they did the last day, they started Barry Moore in full back, I think now, I'm not suggesting, suggesting they start Barry Moore in full back against Dublin, but if they use a back as a sweeper and maybe drop a midfielder, back in to take a centre forward something like that means they can still play with the full complement of forwards and, 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 and try and engage Keno Sullivan somewhat like we've said it in all the Dublin games 
um, so far this year. If someone doesn't engage Keno Sullivan and you give him the opportunity to sit off in front of the Dublin full back line, he just looks like a Rolls Royce footballer. He's cutting out passes everywhere. So I think from a mayor's perspective, it is important to, to, to try and engage him. I think someone like Kevin McLaughlin and him that has the legs to run around into those gaps around a half forward line midfield could, could, cause, uh, could cause Dublin trouble. Uh, James, what, who do you, if if Mayo do utilise a sweeper, are they more likely to revert to Kevin McLaughlin this time, or uh, or does Barry Moore Barry Moore look more like a horses for courses uh, option uh, in the semi final? Yeah, it all it all depends. You know, it, it can be different, but but you know, if it is a sweeper, I do think what what Alan's saying there is, is the case. I, I don't think it'll be Kevin McLaughlin that'll be going back. You know, it might be. If Tom Parsons sort of starts, Tom Parsons dr- drops back very early to, to centre half back, and if you know if Colin Boyle's there, you might have him just just getting back ahead of the, you know that kick ahead of the ball to get into position. Um, you know you might have you might have some something along those lines. Um, I would think, but then then again it all depends. You know, with Ono Gara starts, you know Ono Gara is a very different um, offer something very very different to say the other um, you know full forward line if you like of of of, of Dublin. So so you know if. If Jeremy Connish are centre forward and Odegaard is in there, then you know that may all be, um, you know, need to tweak maybe a little bit of what they do as well. So, so um, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see. But, but um, I do think it will be a, you know, if if they are trying to trying to chunk it up, you know, it'll be, you know, you'll have a wing back or, or, or centre half back trying to get back there early, you know, and and the, and the midfielders to fill their role, you know, as as, as Dublin attack. So, um, you know, I think Kevin McLaughlin may play in a, in, a, in a more. Um, sort of conventional position, you know. Right. Uh, in a word, are you are you confident that Mayo's time has come? Um, I am. Yeah, I, I you know, I'm always confident when it comes to, to Mayo. To be honest, that team. Uh, I just think. Um, look, they're, they're coming up against a, a, a very, very good team. You don't uh, sound too confident. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to over. I don't want to overplay it, Alan. You know. I think they're coming up against a very good team. Um, obviously, look at the record. Look at all the records there. I know people are bored listening to, to Dublin's achievements and their 27 games and all that kind of stuff. But I think Mayo, I think their age profile is very strong. I think their their conditioning and preparation over the last number of years has been very, very good and there's a continuous improvement there. Um, I think some of the young players that have come in, you know, the Patrick Durkins, Brendan Harrison is doing very, very well. Jimbo O'Connor, obviously, I expect a huge game from him on Sunday. Uh, you know, Andy Moore is like a, he's like you, you bought someone new on the transfer market the way, the way he's playing. So I just think some of those things um, will give make Mayo that extra little bit more competitive, and and uh, they're they're ready, they're fully fit. Um, you know, by all accounts, training them very well. So I just think it's going to be um, a cracking contest that w- that will be very very close, um, and and hopefully hopefully Mayo to to sneak it in the end. Alan, I presume you're going to disagree with James's assessment. Yeah, like the expectation has been dampened around Mayo, and that can only be a good thing for them. Um, Any time you come into a game, being written off is 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 can only be helpful. And um, they're the one team to have troubled Dublin consistently over the last number of years. And 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 whilst Dublin won't fear them, they did like there is a respect there that 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 Mayo certainly are capable of beating Dublin. Um, Andy Moore was mentioned there. I think he got four from play the last day. Like I I I just can't see Andy 
getting that sort of space again against this Dublin defence and then I wonder where the scores are going to come from for Mayo like Dermot O'Connor I think has to have, have a huge game he was really really good for Mayo last year um, I think he's carrying an injury he has the last couple of games hopefully he's fully fit for this one again but they'll need a big game out of him and, um, but there's no question it's going to be close like I don't think like this talk of Dublin being overwhelming favourites I think is, is, is just nonsense talk but um, in saying that I, I just think Dublin have that little bit more and that little bit further down the road now so I'd probably go for a three or a four point win for Dublin and if that happens uh, there'll be no doubt anymore that Dublin will have become they will have proven themselves to be a great team yeah I think there's no question like, I don't think they need to win on Sunday to prove they're a great team there's no question they are a great team And but f- for this Dublin team like what, with the history talk about the 70s and it, with, with Mayo as well like modern day players aren't worried about what's gone on in the past they're only worried about what they're doing what they're doing themselves now so um, I don't think any of that history will weigh on either set of players and, um, but I think there's no doubt this Dublin team will go down as, as one of the greatest Dublin teams yeah. That's great listen thanks a million Alan and James for joining us on this week's show and still to come Ball Sports will refund all losing in play bets if the last score of your televised championship match is a goal download the Ball Sports app or get in store today for full details GAA betting with Ball Sports bring it on Connor, all the talk over the past couple of weeks has been uh, about Dublin as favourites, but most people are saying Mayo are really going to put it up to them. Do you think that's how it'll pan out, or is there any possibility that Dublin on form could run away with it? No, I don't think Dublin will blow them off the pitch, not a chance. Uh, they'll definitely go hunting an early goal, because and it's actually something James Horan touched on after 2013, that the Mayo supporters, you know, they tried to invade the hill, created great noise, great energy in Crow Park for Mayo that day, but when things started going against them, the, that kind of that feeling of deja vu it kind of overtook them and it quietened them. And if Dublin could get that early on, you know, if, if they could get an early goal, people remembering the Michael Murphy goal early on in the two thousand and twelve Ireland final, I think the Mayo fans would crumble and it would have an adverse effect on their team. But I just don't see it happening. I think they will set up with a sweeper. I think they'll stop Dublin scoring an early goal. Like I think They've only conceded three goals, is it, in seven? Three goals in yeah. seven matches. Yeah. Seven championship matches so far this summer, so that's a massive departure from... That's down from seven and seven in the league as well. Yeah. And like they conceded five against Dublin between the drawn game and the, the drawn semi-final and the replay last year, and that was the thing that killed them, like absolutely killed them. So whatever they do, um, whatever they do, they won't concede an early goal. Uh, and like, like Dublin, like Philly McMahon was the only goal chance that Dublin had against Kerry, so it's not, it's not an impossible task, but I, I think the harder task is actually accumulating the total that's going to be good enough to beat Dublin and putting yourself in a situation like Kerry were in a situation where they were still in the game until the final few minutes but you know, the momentum was completely on Dublin's side it was all the Kerry players and I don't think it was a physical thing I just think it was you know the way the, 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 the pressure of Dublin the way it was telling on them like the Kerry players were attacking in ones really you know somebody took the ball and they go off in a little solo run whereas there was this kind of anticipation when Dublin came up to the Kerry line you know, you knew that somebody like James McCarthy or Darren McConnelly was going to be coming from from deep, and you know, Dublin were pressing up to try and win that game. So I, I was at the Mayo press night, and like you know, obviously they say as little as possible, but um, there was one point. I, I thought there was loads of things said that night. Don't I know? There was loads of things said that night, but none, none of them true. But there was one point that sort of comment that uh, Stephen Rashford made, and it was just sort of nearly a throwaway remark at the end of an answer and he just said if you concede early on it's going to be a very long day so that's kind of why I'd go along with Connor there I think there will be some sort of safety net there for the first 10 yeah. or 15 minutes because when Dublin get a run in you I know they've played the play slightly different but they can do so much damage when they get when when they get that little mm-hmm. purple patch so 
that needs to that can happen from a male point of view early on. Statistically, though, the big difference with Dublin this year, I think we mentioned earlier, is like last year they scored eighteen goals in their in the championship in what seven matches. Now a lot of them came in Leinster, but they were scoring two and three per game. They're scoring one goal per game this summer, but the number of points they're scoring has shot yeah. up again, well, like it's that, 20, twenty per game. Like. I think that's even a, a direct. I mean, the, the 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 team has moved on in terms of its kind of terms of reference what they do on the ball they know it's almost like Jim Gavin at the start of the year said right every team we play this year will set up in a hugely defensive way against us so what's the best way to play against that they, they, they know it's actually a great advantage knowing that every team's going to play that way because they know that they're not going to get inside for goals as often as they have done in the past uh, and all their movement is around like you know even that game against Leash the first day down in Nolan Park they're inside forwards, Kevin McManaman, uh, Bernard Brogan, Paul Mannion. They didn't get on the ball. Um, now, they were trying their best to pull people out of position and all the rest of it, but the way Dublin went ahead in that game was those long-range shooters rotating situations where Kieran Kilkenny and Dean Rock and uh, Dermot Connolly were getting on the ball. And then after that, they just work a situation where they're going to be ahead on the balance of play and now it's incumbent upon the opposition to come out and try and take the ball off them. And that's when they hit for the goal. Like Paul Mannion's one was a classic example of that. But we were talking to Declan Darcy about it. You were there as well, Duncan, at the Dublin press night and they've coached their players extremely well in how to, how to keep the ball. And it might sound like a simple thing to do, but like when your natural instinct is to go forward in possession and when the crowd is kind of on your back because you're passing the ball back to your corner back and you're four or five points in the lead, that's a hard thing to kind of get right. Uh, and they're just extremely good at keeping the ball, not putting themselves in any danger by keeping the ball across their half back line. And then when they see the when they see the sweeper coming out, when they see the press coming on, hitting for they're, the goal, they're not that interested in winning games by no, ten, twelve yeah, points. Yeah, I don't think. I think if they're yeah. six, seven points, that'll grand. If they can outscore us by outscore us in the run in from here, fair enough. But I think they look to control the thing very much, bring the pace down. Yeah, see and, uh, sure, the GS News statistics partner uh, this year, they produced figures this week. I'm trying to remember them. I think it was that Dublin have only turned over the ball something like 13 or 14 times this season and Mayo have turned it over 50, I think. Jesus. There was a huge difference anyway. Hmm. And that kind of backs up your point about Dublin's ability to hold on to the ball. Yeah. It's nothing to do yeah, with it's the, to do with their strength uh, and strength as well, yeah. but it's also knowing when to offload. Uh, I saw an interview with Eamon Fitzmaurice and he made a good point as well. He said it was put to him that Kerry ran out of legs against Dublin and he said, Look, that's not what it is. We have plenty of legs. He says people have this this image of Dublin constantly running at a team. Constantly but the reason is they have the ball to do that. And Dublin's possession is just through the roof, you know. Like even Cluxon last week, two weeks ago seen as a seen as a weak point. Um, like he still got, I think, 17 out of 21 kickouts. Now, the ones that he didn't get hurt Dublin in a big, big way. But, you know, they get huge possession off their own kickouts. Against Kerry, like the first half stats, Dublin had won more than 50% of um, Kerry's kickouts as well. So, th- like, they have the ball all the time, you know. And when you have the ball and you don't give it away, even regardless of the fact that it's brilliant forwards, they're going to be hard to From beat. a psychological point of view too, when you have the ball, it's always easier to make the run with it than yeah. without it. Like, you know, when you're chasing shadows all the time, you're just out of breath, you just run out of energy an awful lot quicker than you do if you're a team that's always on the front foot. That brings us to the question of what do Mayo do with Dublin's restarts on Sunday? How do they approach it tactically? I think you have to go after it, don't you? No, well, I don't know. See, that's the thing that everybody says, but like, I don't think you can. I don't think you can have one system so you can't do what Kerry did after those frees and press up all the time because if somebody like, say Lee Keegan goes 
funneling through the middle and puts the ball over the bar. And then you say we've the press. So by the time everybody gets up onto your press, Cluxon already has the ball down. He's chipped it in behind the players that are coming up. So I think what you have to do is you have to keep changing it. Like you have to have several different ways of doing it and making sure that every time the Cluxon looks up, he sees a different kind of shape, you know, because that's when he makes mistakes. And it depends on how long you have to go at it. But I would imagine that the mo- the way of getting the most joy out of Dublin's kickouts is to actually open up little avenues deliberately, give them an, a very obvious kick, but with a mind to closing that down as soon as that ball lands. I, I just think you can't do any specific thing. Like in 2013, when James was manager, they went man to man, and it was just he Cluxon destroyed Mayo that day. Absolutely destroyed Mayo that day. Like all Dublin's runs were designed to open up pockets of space, and fellas like James McCarthy, even Dean Rock when he came on as, as a sub, and Dennis Bastic when he came on, they ran the legs off the Mayo midfielder. So I don't think he can go man to man. I don't think he can necessarily do the press either, unless it's pre-rehearsed. Um, and you can't do it every single time because he will get the ball down and he'll get it out an awful lot quicker. Than he will. He will get it down. He will get it out. And but it's it's disrupting it. You're not you're not going to make it crumble. Do you know what I mean? It's it's just to disrupt his rhythm. Mm. Like when things are going well for him, it's going well for Dublin, and everything kind of stems from there. So I just think you have to. Like, I just think giving it up is out of the question. Just saying, right, we'll, well, we'll I, meet I, you in the halfway I, line. I, I think, think you have ridiculous. to mark the two cornerbacks. Yeah. Because if Dublin get the ball to Johnny Cooper or Davy Bourne and they have possession with five yards of space in front of them, regardless of your sweepers, it might take them a, a, take them a couple of extra passes to get a chance for a shot, but they will they will get a chance. So, yeah, I think you have to make them kick at mid-range, but I still think across that middle part of the pitch and across your half-back line, you make sure that the four... You know, you have four players in the line in those zones, so there's nobody running onto a ball that comes over their shoulder with 20 yards of space in front of them because that's how Dublin got... Remember Bernard Brogan's second goal in 2013? That's where it all came from, you know, essentially. And, you know, he's just so good, his execution is so good, and he gets them out really quick. But having said that, in the league game the following year, in 2014, uh, I think it was Kevin McLaughlin and other Mayo players, they stood in front of his kick-out. They stopped him taking it quickly, so they set up a press... And as it happened, Stephen Cluxon got sent off that day. So maybe that's the thing to do. Maybe you have to kind of go... You have to keep nibbling at him. Yeah, you have to keep nibbling at him. He's had a few more off days in the last couple of seasons than the previous decade, probably, really, if you think about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Fermanagh last year was, you know, the first example of that. Like, Dublin won the All-Ireland last year and Stephen Cluxon wasn't nominated for an All-Star, so... I think he's judged by different standards these days as well. Like, even the fact that we're talking about a goalkeeper for so long here, like, you know, Mm -hmm. and we were talking about the fact that Kerry rattled him and, as you said, what, 18 out of 21 kickouts actually landed where they were meant to land and in a Dublin player's hands. Like... I think he gets judged by his head of standards that no other goalkeeper mm. in the country gets well, judged. Well, I think it's just the debate. I mean, like, come back to the very basic thing of it all. The possession is just the absolute most vital thing. In Nine tenths of the law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's the most vital thing, I think, of football nowadays, the way teams play football. And a fella that can guarantee you, or has routinely guaranteed Dublin that mm. amount of possession, is just that is the key to the whole thing. That is the, the beginning of all of Dublin's strength. We'll move on to another goalkeeper then, David Clark. Um, he wasn't in the goals last year when, when Dublin punished Mayo on the home straight of the replay. And Rob Kenley, Rob Henley attracted a bit of criticism for some of his restarts in that pivotal period. How important are the kickouts going to be for David Clark? Because Dublin have been, mm. they pushed up 
and caused a lot of damage on Kerry in the first half the last day. Yeah, it was huge damage. And Clark, I think, was it the Tyrone game where he struggled for for a period with his kickouts? I think he's got a bit more variation than he used to. He's, I don't think his goal, his kicks are as good as Robbie Henley's, you know. Mm. Obviously, Henley gives you that long-range free-taking option yeah, as well, but Killian O'Connor is back in the team, so you don't, you probably don't need that. He was the man who saved Mayo from a 10-point collapse against Dublin in the 2012 semi-final when Bernard Brogan went through and he, he just got his glove on it. So I think he is probably... He's an excellent shot-stopper. I think he's a really, really... That save again, was it against um, Tyrone when he saved from... Was it Darren McCurry from the, from the past that... Um, um, Marty, uh, Matty Donnelly McCallisky, put a, I think was it Conor McCallisky yeah. sorry yeah that was a brilliant save and that was probably the winning of that game as well so it's probably like the selection has paid off but like if Dublin forced it to go long um, you know it, you're you're essentially raffling the ball you know you are raffling the ball so um, but it was interesting as well like Dublin's full forward line like Bernard Brogan and, and Dean Rock you wouldn't have had them down for it but um, you know they are covering a huge amount of ground this year you know um, and part of that, I think, is just making sure that when the ball goes over the bar or wide, they're following the cornerbacks and making sure that the goalkeeper kicks it long into midfield. David Clark's around a long time as well. I know everyone's talked about Dylan in the morning that he played in that 2006 game. He played in the 06 final, he did, yeah. 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 So, like, he, he's, it's a fair story from to be. He was been in and out in the team for a lot of his career, and Rob Henley looked to be there for the next. Yeah. Six seven years and he's worked his way back in. So you know it's it's and, and I think he's longevity. actually I think he's he's odds on in the All Star betting at the moment with Evan Comerford. They're they're the two yeah, fine for that. You know what, like, uh, he would a huge save. He a huge save. Foot save against Tipperary as well. Was it uh, in that key period in the second half when the game looked to be turning mm. turning away from Mayo? Um, how are we thinking overall? Um, do either of you give Mayo a real shot at winning this? I give them a real shot. I genuinely do. I think that they're, they're the only team in the country, and I include Kerry in this, collectively where everybody will believe within the team that they can beat Dublin. Like, there's a huge amount of survivors from the 2012 team. They should have put Dublin away last year. Um, you know, they could have won the first game. Okay, they, it took a late burst to get them level. But what were they, four points up when Lee Keegan went through in the, re- in the replay? And obviously Dublin turned on the afterburner. So first of all, I think they will absolutely believe that they can win the game, which is not something that you can take for granted when a team is playing Dublin at the moment. Second of all, I think they have some of the best players in the country in their respective positions. Lee Keegan, I think, is probably the best player in his position in the country. Aidan O'Shea, on his day. Like, Aidan O'Shea is a footballer who, regardless of the way the opposition set up, can magic a goal from nowhere because he's so big and he's so skillful and he's a good finisher. And if Dermot O'Connor is fit and back on form, he's a really, really prolific half forward. Nearly as, absolutely as prolific as Paul Flynn was in his, in his heyday of a couple of years ago. And in Killian O'Connor, like if you have a fella who just doesn't respond negatively to pressure when he's standing over free. So I think if you put all those things together, I think Mayo are a really, really dangerous prospect. Donica, what we've seen from Mayo this summer, though, is, is brilliant spells for 10, 15 minutes. I think they scored 1-7 that should have been 2-6 against Tip. They scored 2-9 or 10 against Westmead in around 20 minutes. But then they fall asleep or they just f- revert into their shell. Yeah, I mean, and That's the big issue for them, isn't it? And a 10-minute period against Dublin could... That could be it for them. Like if if they go to sleep, something similar. Um, I I I sort of think that they're just looking at it logically. Yeah, Mayo will definitely believe, but just the body of work the two teams have produced, it's it's hard to make a case for Mayo. You know, I think we're here. We're seeing a lot of ifs and buts. Um, but like Dublin, they'll need Dublin to come back a little bit. I think, and Dublin 
don't fall off in terms of the level of performance. Now it'll happen someday, but I just don't think it's going to be now or it's going to be Sunday. Um, so yeah, look, I I think Dublin are a little bit ahead. I think Mayo will give them a really really strong examination, but I think Dublin are a little bit ahead and they'll have maybe three or four to spare at the end. Before we go, it's our last chance to skin the bookies and make some money for charity this season, uh, courtesy of Boyle Sports, who are offering us fifty euro each week in a free charity bet. Uh, Connor, I'm going to turn to you here now. Uh, but before we say anything, we should clarify that uh, we've relied on Alan Brogan's expertise, given that we've been floundering all summer long here. Yeah, it's Where's in, our money going? He's decided to break it in two this week. Um, give us t- two chances of winning something this weekend. But Jason Doherty, uh, first goal scorer, which I think is uh, 12, 12 to 1. 12 yes. to 1. And what is he? He's got three goals so far this year in the Championship, so it's probably not a bad one. And Kevin McManaman um, for Man of the Match. Man of the match the last day, very, very close to being man of the match uh, in the Donegal game. Didn't get the official one, but I think it was a lot of people's man of the match. And it would probably be a man of the match award that if Dublin win the final would would crown them footballer of the year. So um, €25 Euro on Kevin McManaman at 14-1 to 1 for man of the match. Very good. That's it from the throwing this week. My thanks to Alan Brogan, James Horan, Donica Boyle and Conor McKeown. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and we'll be back next Thursday for the final show of the season uh, will we be applauding Dublin's dominance of Gaelic football or relishing the history making of Mayo Sunday is one more to look forward to Ball Sports will refund all losing in play bets if the last score of your televised championship match is a goal download the Ball Sports app or get in store today for full details GAA betting with Ball Sports bring it on